Today on episode number 905 of the School of Podcasting, I watched the documentary on a radio station that went from worst to first. So we're going to pull out the lessons we can learn from that. And we've got some great tips from Tom Webster from Sounds Profitable on how we can grow the entire podcasting industry. And I hate to scare you because I'm here to help you out. There are some sharks in the water in the world of podcasting, and I'm going to tell you how to spot them so you can avoid being taken for a ride. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, out to 120 different countries. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you plan, I help you launch, I help you grow, and if you want, monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription and a course that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And today is kind of a hodgepodge of shows. If you are listening on an app that supports chapters and I start talking about something and you're like, hey, that's uh, not really going to pertain to me, you can click the button and go right to the next topic. And the first thing I want to start off with is one of my favorite topics, and this is Craig Van Slyke from the show Live Well and Flourish. You can find that at livewellandflourish.com. He's got an awesome because of my podcast story. And this just happened. So right before we got on lunch with Dave, I got an email from somebody at uh, the Louisiana Tax Executives Association or something like that that heard me on a podcast talking about AI, what else. And so they've invited me to come and talk uh, in December, give a talk over in Shreveport to their association. Yeah, I mean, why they were listening to that particular podcast, I have no idea, but I'll take it. And I'll take it as well. So, yeah, I've been hired multiple times because of my podcast. I've got speaking gigs. It's a great networking tool. You get to talk to people that you might feel you have no business talking to. But also, it's a great resume builder where people go, this person seems to know what he's talking about. We should hire him to come talk at our event, just like what happened to Craig. Find his show over at livewellandflourish.com. It's a short show. He gives you wisdom. I always say, if you make me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain, and he definitely makes me think. Check him out, livewellandflourish.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first thing I wanted to talk about today, as podcasting gets more popular and more popular, and as money slowly starts to come into the space, we're going to attract more people, what's a nice word for uh, scumbag? Let's see. What's a nice word for scumbag? Hmm. Politicians? No, that's not. That's close. But anyway, we, we have people that are coming in with maybe mm, nefarious motives. That's a big word. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds good. And what I'm here to say is there are people now that will say, hey, you can come on my whatever top 100 show. Top 100 of what? They don't usually say. And if it means Apple, okay, whatever. But keep in mind that a lot of people are still throwing around that listen note stats. I'm in the top 1%, which I think this show is. And I'm here to tell you as someone who's in the top 1%, it's crap. That's a horrible stat. It's I've gone into it on my YouTube channel. 
and yet people keep quoting it. And I always say that either means, A, you aren't aware that that stat is crap, or B, you are aware and you're just preying on the uninformed, which doesn't make you a nice person. And so some things that are happening is if you go to somebody and say, hey, I think I'd make a good guest for your show, or probably in this case, they're going to come to you and say, hey, I've got this dot podcast. You want to come on it? And then you have to jump through many a hoop. You have to like and subscribe to their show. You have to give them a five-star rating in Apple. You have to do this. You have to, And then it, it's always interesting because in some cases, they have you write the questions that you want them to ask. It, it kind of smells, yeah, like, hey, can you do all the work and I get all the benefit and then you can come on my top 100 show? And I'm, I'm just here to say that while I have had people that will ask me for all my social, which is great. And they'll ask me, is there anything you want me to talk about on the show? I get that. But I'm talking about where it's all about them. And then also the other thing you want to do, if if you're kind of feeling a little like, huh, this, this seems like not your typical interview, go to their social and see how often they are promoting the people that they are interviewed. I know I was on a show once that had, Again, quoting the listen notes thing, and they did multiple interviews per day, like they were putting out four episodes a day. And so I'm just here to say that if somebody's making you jump through what seems like an inordinate amount of hoops to get on their show, there are plenty of other shows, unless it's the absolute best fit. But, you know, do a little research. If it, if it smells a little fishy and tastes a little fishy, it's probably a little fishy and as for if somebody wants to you know, like I have to pay to be on your show uh, run do not walk away from that I know some people are like wait you can charge you can and I've talked about this in the past I'm not a fan of charging people to be on my show because you're giving value to me so I'm already benefiting my audience is already benefiting and I realize that some people do that because it's kind of a door fee because they're getting so many interview requests that by saying, look, you've got to pay, in some cases, hundreds of dollars, then only the really, you know, true people that think they will fit the audience. But I'm just saying that that's not the norm. If it seems too good to be true, it typically is. I recently bought a little miniature projector. It was on one of those Amazon big deals days. And this thing's like about the size of my hand. And it's the picture showed that it was like people are watching movies in their backyard and they're blasting it on the couch. And I'm here to tell you, no, projectors don't cost $59 that are worth anything. And it seemed too good to be true. And it was. And I forget the other thing I bought that was also really, really cheap. And it turned out to be, yeah, wow, that seems too good to be true. And while I hate to be such a a skeptic, in most cases it is. So be careful because there are sharks in the water and I think they smell blood. Oh, man, it's like Beetlejuice. You talk about him and he shows up. This is from a company called Trailergram. And so here's the pitch so you understand how this sounds. We advertise your podcast trailer next to relevant content on our reputable publisher and network consisting of over 10,000 trusted publishers such as Yahoo, CNN, ESPN. Uh, Go to Yahoo.com. Yahoo. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. 
And uh, go down to the bottom of the page and all the really annoying ads. That's what they're talking about. But here's the thing. It sounds phenomenal because your numbers are going to go up, right? Trailer plays and opt-in to push notifications. That sounds brilliant. Wait, I'm going to get to push people. Let them know I have a new episode out. After listening to your podcast trailer and opting in to hear from you, your audience opting in to hear from you. That's a key one. The audience is driven to our built-in, our, our built-in podcast player, not yours, not the one from your media host. Do you smell the red flags here, kids? And so you scroll down and it says that uh, the pricing starts at 500 bucks for 15,000 trailer plays. Remember on their player and uh, a max push notifications of 5,000. So it sounds like money from heaven, but I go down and you read it. Like if a, Trailer listener subscribes to my podcast. Do those subscribers show up in my numbers on Apple and Spotify? Answer, no. Telegram subscribers are not connected to outside platforms such as Apple and Spotify. Yeah, why would you want that? What, what, what? So dumb. When a listener subscribes to my podcast, what data do you collect and do we get access to that information? Answer, you guessed it, no. Because they're not your subscribers. They're their subscribers. And then later it says, can I send custom messages to subscribers? Nope. Again, they're not your subscribers. It also says here, we do not collect and are not able to share the specific names of your subscribers again. Uh, contact deals or of your subscribers, but you will have the ability to engage with them through push notifications about your show. Say it with me. As long as you continue to be on our platform. I don't know, man. I can't take it anymore. No, no, no. And what I, I'm pretty sure about this. Now, I don't know these people. They sent me an email. But if you're brand new to podcasting and you don't understand this stuff, you're going to go in there. You're just going to walk right into the shark tank and just get chomped. I'm just, ugh. They prey on the uninformed. Now, they could be, I'm sure they... They're very lovely people who love their children, but no. And so think of this. For those of us that remember the mall, there used to be a guy standing in the food court with little pieces of chicken on toothpicks. And you would eat one, maybe two, okay, three, because, you know, it'd been a long time since breakfast. And uh, the person would go, oh, you can get a whole sandwich over there. So it was a teaser. Okay, now picture that same guy with chicken on a nice silver platter, but he's in the parking lot. And you take a couple pieces of chicken. You're like, great. Like, where can I get a sandwich? He's like, can I get your name and number? I'll let you know as soon as you give me your name and number. I'll let you know where it is. And I'll just let you know where the sandwich is. Like, I'll bring it to Like, he's totally between you and your audience. Oh, that's not one of our top answers. And you don't want that because then you got to pay that person to do that. So I'm just reading off their website. That is how I, this is me covering my butt, by the way, I'm just reading what's on their website. And from what I understand, it sounds like a, they're between you and your audience. B, I don't want subscribers on your platform. I want subscribers on the platforms that my audience use, like, I don't know, Apple and Spotify. So, again, 
Be careful. It sounds too good to be true. Holy cow, I'm going to get 5,000 listens of people that once you turn the power off on this campaign are not going to be subscribed. They're going to go, hey, where'd he go? Where'd he go? There was a guy here with chicken. What happened to him? What's the matter with you? Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked about some not so great ways to grow your audience. In just a second, I'm going to give you some advice from the one and only Tom Webster on how we all can grow all of our audiences. And before listen notes, radio stations were also kind of not always revealing all the truth, but it did make me think about how we describe ourselves. So I watched a documentary about a famous radio station in New York City that went from worst to first. That's actually the name of the documentary. It showcases a guy named Scott Shannon, who basically invented the whole morning zoo. Wacky, hey, it's... Hank Hollywood, all right, everybody, traffic and weather on the tens, that kind of stuff. But he did something, and it made me think that maybe we're not describing our show properly. Tom Webster just did an article on this, but listen to this clip from this documentary about one way he described their show, Z100. The kids were telling everybody about this great new station that was broadcasting from the top of the Empire State Building. Serving the universe from the top of the Empire State Building. Everybody broadcast from the top of the Empire State Building. There's a master antenna on top of the Empire State Building that all the stations share the rental on. We're all there. There was nothing unique about what he was really doing but everything unique about the way he was describing what he was doing. And that leads me to an article that Tom Webster recently put out about how we describe podcasting. I'm a big fan of Tom Webster. He always makes me think he was, he worked for Edison research for decades. Now he's at uh, sounds profitable with Brian Barletta. And if you want to keep up with what's going on in the advertising space, soundsprofitable.com is a great place. So I'm subscribed to everything they do. And Tom came out with this article saying, we kind of blow it a little bit when we promote our show. And I thought this tied in nicely with the whole, you know, broadcasting from the top of the Empire State Building. The way we describe things can have an effect on if people go to listen to podcasting. Somebody asked me earlier this week, what do we need in 2024? Like, what's your prediction? What do we need in 2024 for podcasting? And I said, oh, that's easy. More listeners. Uh, This sounds like a humble brag, and I don't mean it to be, but in 2018, I was inducted into the Podcasters Hall of Fame. And when I got back from Philadelphia, there was a, a picnic, a family picnic. And I walk in and my one cousin's like, oh, there he is, Mr. Hall of Famer. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then my other cousin said, I'm going to ask. And I'm like, ask what? He's like, what the heck is a podcast? And I said, oh, do you have a phone? He had an iPhone. I'm like, great, bring that over here. And as soon as he brought out his phone, literally half my family was like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. And all this time I'd been talking about pod. Nobody had an idea what a podcast was. So we need to remedy that. And so what Tom is saying is so many times we talk about our show or we talk again, guilty is charged here about 
what a podcast is, and we start talking about the features of it, like it's an RSS feed and it makes a global audience and blah, blah. No, no. What's in it for them? And one of the things you can do is explain how it's better than something else. Because they already know, you know, topic A. And if you go, oh, do you like topic A? And they're like, it's okay. And you're like, well, this is better than that. And so I'm going to give you some examples he wrote in this article. I have a link to it. It's called, he said, scrolling to the top, making the case for podcasting. And so number one, he's saying this is maybe how we should be describing podcasting, all of it. He said, someone might say, look, driving is stressful enough. What having to jump around from station to station to skip commercials, find a better song or change your playlist. You don't text and drive. So why try to manage all of that as well? Put on a podcast and keep your eyes on the road with your perfect drive. Does that make sound like podcasting is so much better than radio? Here's another one. Speaking of commercials, wouldn't it be nice to listen to an engaging show that doesn't stop for 10 minutes of terrible ads? Podcasts give you more of what you want, great conversations and content, and less of what you don't compared to commercial radio. He's got a couple more here. Number three, if somebody says, you know, what's a podcast or whatever, you could say, look, if you've turned on your local TV or radio lately, you are bombarded with negativity. You know, millions of people don't want to hear about Trump or Biden or politics in general or some sort of steady stream of disturbing global news, you know, that's just meant to, you know, basically make you wet your pants. I mean, what else is the average commercial talk radio station giving these people? Well, not much. Podcasting engaged the mind positively with a break from the incessant doom and negativity of the network news or the blowhard talk radio hosts. So we're pointing out the the negative side of what's going on in media. And these, again, are, are not to use verbatim, but brainstorm about how can we better explain the benefits of listening to a podcast. Here's one. Do you have more time to yourself today than you did a year or two ago? I didn't think so. Podcasts are a way to claw back time for yourself. You can take a mini vacation wherever you are, whenever you want. Why wait to hear your favorite shows? Make them wait for you and take a bath with your favorite podcast. Because some people might not know what a podcast is, but think about this. A lot of radio stations, like if I really wanted to listen to the morning zoo show here in Cleveland, I could listen to it as a podcast. Now, I don't want to because most of it, because everybody wants to be a TV star, is on video now. And it's a lot of like, oh, Dieter, look. Oh, geez, look at it. Look at it. Yeah, that's phenomenal radio, guys. Here's a, a fifth one. And, and Tom says he's going to credit his wife, Tamsin, who I interviewed on this very show. She has a great book. It's called Find Your Red Thread, Make Your Big Ideas Irresistible. That was episode 833. And for everyone who says you need to put the episode numbers in the title, Here's what I do to avoid putting the episode number in the title. I'll put a link in the description to that very episode. You won't have to search for it at all. Just click on the link. And so Tom is giving her credit for this one. He says uh, she has powered through both Duolingo and Babbel to learn Italian in the last six months. What is nice about some of these platforms is that they are gamified and allow you to feel like you are leveling up in a very quantified way. Turns out 
That is a very satisfying feeling and one that adults don't often get access to after they finish school. Like those platforms, podcasts let you level up in between other aspects of your life without making huge commitments. Everyone wants to feel better or smarter. They don't just have time for a book or a course, but podcasting lets you put your brain to good use. And as he said, and so on and so forth. So I can't remember the pod. It's uh, Gary Arndt, Everything Everywhere. He has like a gazillion different episodes and there are people, now they're all like 10 minutes or less, but there are people that will go and listen to every single one of his episodes. And I, he has some sort of award or plaque or t-shirt or something like that. So again, we get back to rewarding your audience, gamifying it. And again, if you've got the budget for that, that might be something you, if you wanted to try rewarding your audience or coming up with a game, because there are, I mentioned Printful and Sticker Mule, and there's a ton of those places that you can just buy one off. Now, for the record, you're not going to make hardly any money on that because the profit margin when you're ordering one is not much. You're really doing it for the promotion, right? You're giving something to your audience. And always be careful because remember, podcasting is a global audience. So you might have a button that costs you 87 cents and then costs you $4.50 to mail it to, you know, Scotland or something like that. So be careful with that. But to go back to kind of original concept, should we be thinking about, number one, when we describe our show, our show, are we explaining it in a way that explains how it's different, how it's entertaining or whatever it is, and the benefit? We don't really care that You and Susie have known each other since you were four. Like, what's the benefit? What am I going to get out of that show? And then when we talk about podcasting, we should explain why podcasting is better. And and think about this. I right now eat Romeo's Pizza here in Akron if I'm not going to drive to downtown, of course, and go to Luigi's. But if somebody opened up, you know, Hank's House of Pizza or something, Somebody's going to have to explain to me, like, why should I go to Hank's House of Pizza? Because I've never had it. I don't know what I'm missing. And so if somebody comes to me and says, oh, Hank's is, it's cheaper and it's a different kind of sauce. You've never had a sauce like this. You just have to go. And they give you free something, something bread and the ambiance of the restaurant, right? Here's the benefits of that. We have to start thinking of that in terms of how are you specifically going to benefit when you listen to your show and how you're going to benefit when you dip your toe into the podcasting pool. And what I want to do, you know, in my free time is I need to make a list of shows that are very general. Like I know if somebody asks about politics, I'm going to send them to Congressional Dish might send them to no agenda, but I need like a a golf show. I need a, a, maybe a women of color show. I know there are a lot of those. I need a real estate show. So if somebody says, Hey, I'm really into movies from the eighties, I can send them to the, a good move. Cause the problem that I think we run into as someone who unfortunately listens to a lot of new podcasters and look, when we all start off, We haven't really done all the things we need to do, and that's the stuff I teach at the School of Podcasting, 
And so our first episode isn't that great. And unfortunately, so many times that brand new listener finds that show and they go, Ugh, podcasting is awful. And in some cases, we might have to tug a little harder to get them back to listen to a second one. Whereas if you, me, everybody had their own list of favorite podcasts with a wide range. So if somebody goes, well, I'm really into pickleball, I'm sure there's a great pickleball podcast out there. Now, obviously, there are hundreds of thousands of active podcasts. Now, I know there are millions, but I want to point people to something that's still putting out episodes. And we should all kind of have that. There is a new feature rolling into media hosts as we wrap this up, just to think about this. For those of you that remember MySpace, uh, and you had your top eight friends, this I mean, that's way, way, way long ago. I actually missed the MySpace boat back in the day. But you would pick your, your top eight. Um, Podchaser has this kind of feature. And there's a new feature called Podroll. Now, here's the, the fun part of this whole podcasting 2.0 thing. This is a feature that's being added to the, it's, it's, it's in the ingredients. Let's put it that way. This was a kitchen. It's in your spice rack. But now we have to get apps to be able to use like this new code that we've invented. And you're going to be able to, in the future, say here are, and, and as far as I know, there's no limit. You can say here are other shows I like, which might be another show that you do, or it might be other shows that you actually listen to. And Apple kind of has this in their, uh, I know in iTunes, there's a people also listen to, but that's a feature that will be coming down the pike and you'll hear more and more media hosts start to adopt that, which is exciting, except again, most of the apps are going to take their time to implement that. So when you hear people start talking about pod roll, that's what it is. It's going to be a way for you as a podcaster to say, here are some shows you might want to check out, and I'll give that at least uh, 15 seconds before somebody monetizes that. I'm sure be like, hey, you could be my pod roll for 25 bucks a month. God bless capitalism, America. Yeah, that kind of stuff will be going on soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned the documentary Worst to First, and how they actually did that. They went from absolutely worst to first. And what they did first was looked at the music. They looked at their audience and said, what does this audience want to listen to? And they came up with a format that didn't fit anything else. It was very unique. Then how did they grow their audience? Because, well, Scott Shannon got the report of where the radio station was, and they were in absolutely last place. They were 51st. And here's how he went about rallying the troops to make his radio show number one. No Z100, and guess what? We're number 51. I came here from Tampa, Florida to build a great radio station, and guess what? We suck. In the background, you hear the little Saturday Night Live Debbie Downer sound effects I almost fell out of my chair. No one ever says that. No one ever says you're doing poorly in radio. We are going to build a great radio station, and I'm talking to you, the listeners. You have to get on board and help us. He recruited the audience to build our audience. You know, that's a genius. God said, 
send in your name and the name of 25 of your friends that you have turned on to Z100. Let people know that the station is on. Take out an old sheet, get a magic marker, write Z100 on it, and hang it out your window in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Staten Island, Long Island, wherever you are. We need your help. People would hang signs out their windows, and people were wearing their Z-shirts. If they had jackets, they had pins on them, you know, for the station. They became our advertising agency. Take a piece of paper, make a homemade bumper sticker, put it in the rear window. I listen to Z100. I want our listeners to be a part of our trip. We're going to play more music. We're going to play better. We're going to give away the most money. We will build a great radio station. I promise you, I guarantee you, it's going to happen. And then you hear the little rocky music coming up. We're going from worst to first. Nothing's going to stop us. So he got the audience on our side, made us the underdog. We're going from worst to first. And then he told all of us, take a case of Z100 t-shirts, put it in the trunk of your car, and every time you see somebody walking by with one of those worst to first signs, give them a t-shirt. So I love this idea. It's nothing new. Uh, listen to your audience, give them what they want, create a community, and merch, I guess, is uh, another way just to, you know, make it look like you're one of the cool kids, I guess. The biggest difference between a radio station and you is you are probably not having sponsors. There's no money coming in. So when you go, hey, everybody gets a t-shirt, that might be an issue even if it's a a place like Sticker Mule or Printful or you know Teespring, there are all these places. And I thought about that. Like, would I pay twenty bucks for you to wear a t shirt? And I'm like, yeah, I probably would. It's interesting. It's something I need to investigate. I know when uh, on uh, I do a show called Ask the Podcast Coach, and that has a Patreon account. And if you become a patron, you get a coaster. And I'm not quite sure how. You know, coasters are useful, but on the other hand, you're not getting much promotion because, well, there's cups sitting on them all the time. But I wanted to kind of bring up this documentary just because it's kind of showing what I've been saying for 18 years. Figure out what your audience wants. Give it to them. Try to be unique. And that's really the hard part. It really is. And then build that community, interact with them, and listen to their feedback. And when it fits the show put it into place, and lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to thank everyone. First of all, I got a lot of really good feedback on last week's episode. This is where I heard an episode by my buddy David Hooper, and he got to interview Dolly Parton, and he gave all the behind the scenes. And I then, it was very meta. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 904, and yes, there'll be links in the show notes for that. It was me bringing on Dave to say, this is what this made me feel. This is why I was, this is why I thought it was good. And I wasn't sure that was going to go over. I had a bunch of people say that was really creative, man, that was cool. And so thanks to Dave for letting me do that. And uh, if you haven't heard it, it's one of those things I was kind of like, hmm, not sure if this is going to go over or not, because it's me listening to somebody else's podcast and you kind of tuned in to hear me and I'm playing you Dave and Dave's a, a great guy. You can find him at bigpodcast.com. But the one thing was is Dave had bleeped out an F bomb 
And so I then dropped an F-bomb to explain how sometimes the thing I like about swear words, and I know people like, they're bad, you're going to hell. Okay, I like swear words because it's the way of shouting without shouting, right? More emphasis. I'm somewhat, I, I, I don't consider myself one, but I love words and the power of words. And so I dropped an actual F-bomb and bleeped it out. And then about a minute and a half later, I was making the example again and dropped the second one. And uh, yeah, I forgot to bleep it out. So if you happen to be in the car with kids and that happened, my deepest apologies. I It's one of those things. I, I do this about once a year, maybe twice a year. I almost always, and I mean always, and this is why. The time I don't listen to the podcast all the way through is the time there's 30 seconds of nothing, there's a double intro, there's some file that's way louder, there's some sort of mistake, and I'm like, ah, oh, Dave, why didn't you listen to the whole thing? And this was one of those. And the reason I didn't listen to the whole thing is there I couldn't edit that show. It was all tied to us listening, so I couldn't, like, take out an um, it was just going to be a nightmare, and so... I was like, okay, I got the first F-bomb, totally forgot there was a second one. So my apologies again if uh, that caught you off guard. And uh, again, I was not on purpose, and I don't take that lightly. And uh, I want to thank everyone because a lot of people are like, hey, Dave, 21 minutes and 10 seconds, you got a second F-bomb. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So thanks so much for that. In the future, we've got a couple episodes in the can. I've got somebody who quit their podcast after five years and kind of felt like, you know, they failed and then they went, hmm, maybe not. So that's going to be an interesting discussion. I got a LinkedIn person because my LinkedIn hand is very weak and I learned some things there that I knew but didn't want to know. Like you're like, oh, that means I have to, oh, yeah, that kind of thing. And last week in Indianapolis, I actually attempted stand-up comedy and uh, I'll be playing you, much like I did with, with David Hooper, I'm going to be giving you the behind the scenes because there are some lessons we can learn in podcasting from that. And uh, so I'll be bringing that up as well. I'm, uh, I've am i got one copy of that right now, and I'm going to wait and see if I can get a better audio copy of it. The one I have now is okay, but I think there's another one coming. So that will be coming in the future. All this, of course, coming to the School of Podcasting show. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow, you can actually follow the show absolutely free. And when those come out, they'll just automatically be delivered to your device. So I do want to thank you for listening so much. I really do appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you every week and bringing you stuff so I can help you avoid the sharks in the water and help you kind of podcast the right way. And especially if you're brand new to podcasting, boy, I don't want to like make you wet your pants. So a lot of wetting of the pants in this episode, but I don't want to scare you. But there are, unfortunately, people that will kind of prey on the uninformed. And that's why I do this show. I want you to be informed. I want you to avoid the common pitfalls. And, you know, of course, I want you to join the school of podcasting. But you know what? Even if you don't join the school of podcasting, I still want you to avoid those pitfalls. So thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.
I'm going to point out some sharks in the water. Sharks in the water? Nobody likes a Charlie in the box. What was that? And then you can have another link in the Bible. On the Bible? The link of the... Ble- ble- oh, dang it. Come on, mouth. We don't really do... Now, if you want to go a deep dive into podcasts, in a podcast, nicely done, Dave. Well done, sir. It did start with a P. It was politics. 